But we noticed that the Holy Spirit had sent them out, but he had had the church at Antioch um, put their hands on them, and, and the laying of hands was verification of what the Holy Spirit was doing. Holy Spirit already, already said yes, but God wants us in unity over what the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, that, that's why we don't get involved in, in the pettiness and the politics that, that too often times distort the gospel or the work in the local church. Um, uh, do you support this guy versus this guy? Look, it's the gospel that's going out. If the Holy Spirit is sending this person out, then we need to fully support uh, the work that the Holy Spirit is doing. By the way, if that person isn't qualified, he, he shouldn't be sent out. And the Holy Spirit isn't sending him out. We have, um, you know, I have a lot of people to this day mad at me because I, um, I don't go along with what they're doing. Um, just because you say you are speaking the gospel, you need to do it on God's terms and in God's way. You need to be qualified to do that. And, and so, um, you know, I can't join hands with a person who um, doesn't qualify according to 1 Timothy chapter uh, 3 in the gospel ministry. But Paul certainly qualified that way. And he had the support of his, of his sending church in Antioch. And he went back to that church and reported to them what he had done. Look at verse 27. When they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them. So they gave account for what they, what they had done. You, you get the sense that it was that church who sent them. It's that church that supported them in more ways than one. I would think financially supported them in prayer and, 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 and supported them in every way that they could as the gospel was going out through them. And so they came back giving account uh, to that church and it says they declared all that God had done with them. They recognized that there was a human role in it, but it's God who did the work. And then they stated this way, the rest of that verse, how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. We've entitled this section, And So We Pray. Why do we pray? It's because we do the work of the ministry because we know it's God who opens the hearts of individuals. And so our work would be in vain if, if God wasn't opening the hearts of individuals. And so we need to pray, Lord, that you would um, do your work. Without your work, it is impossible for people to hear and respond to the gospel. You need to open their hearts. And so that's an appropriate prayer. Um, it just shows that we're depending on God. God always does his part. He always does his work. But it shows our dependency and our, our, our reliance on God and our acknowledging that it is God who ultimately does this work. By the way, if it is God who does the work, um, then we don't have to be discouraged about numbers or lack of numbers, do we? If it's God who does the work, he's able to do with two, he's able to do with three, he's able to do with 2,000 or 3,000, he's still able to do his work. And it's he, he it is that who's opening the hearts of individuals. Also, verse 28, they remain no little time with the disciples. <laughs> um, they spent some time. I would imagine they did exactly what they did in Acts 13.1, is that they were busy in the work of the ministry in the local church and seeing what the Holy Spirit had for them to do kind of reminds me of the message through uh, Colossians. What were they doing? They were ministering to each other. 
and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. They were encouraging, rebuking, building up the people um, in the Lord. That's the work of the ministry that God had left them. It's not just going out and giving the gospel to new folks, but it's ministering and living the gospel in front of each other and, and uh, seeing God work in that way. So we see the model that's set before us. Next time we'll look in Acts 15 and see uh, some of the challenges that they faced in the early church um, and, and we'll tackle some of that, but be encouraged by um, the model that God has set before us of, of going out to giving this gospel, giving report and account, that ministry going through the local church and uh, God blessing it as only he can. And so we pray. Thanks. Continuing our meditation through the book of Hebrews. It was not the angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. it says what is man and what is man and that's a good question for us what is man yep we can say one hand we can say man is dirt right man is made out of dirt man is made out of substances of the earth everything that we're composed of they were talking about it one show I was watching said all the substances that go into a man could probably be bought for less than five dollars. But can five dollars tell you the worth of a life? What is man? Is he just the substances that he is made out of? Is he something that evolved from some other creature? What is man? That's really the center of all the debates that we have. What is man? Because if you believe that man evolved from these things, if you believe man is just a set of chemical processes, then you just add chemicals and you can fix him. So you go to a doctor and you just get a new chemical and you add a chemical because if it's just a chemical equation, you just need chemicals to fix it. And if man is just... Maybe he's rational. Some people go beyond just the physical. They say man is rational. He's a thinking person. He thinks. And so to fix a man, you need a psychiatrist. And others go further and they say man is spiritual. They don't know what spiritual is, so they consult all kind of things, saying that there can be no truth. What is man? When God created man, he said this in Genesis 1. 
let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. So what is man? If you think about it, man is like God. Man is like God. We're a lot like God. We think, we feel. We're not, that doesn't encompass all who we are. What encompasses all who we are is we are like God. We're not as good as God. We're like little mini God, right? We're God's children. One of the things that insult God so much about idols is that they made in the images of all these animals. He said he made something in his image. And what is that? That's man. And in fact, somebody to make something out of stone, how lacking in complexity that is. When you look at a man and you could cut a man and a few days later he could heal. So God made an image that can replicate itself it in its own self has power and mind and rationality. It in its own self can choose right and wrong. It in its own self understands morality. It in its own self thinks. It in its own self has a soul. It in its own self is eternal. And that's man. But we look at our fellow man. If a dog kills a human, we can just shoot a dog. And you know what? Nobody should really care that much. I know some people will, but nobody should care all that much if you shoot a dog. But you know what? If a man kills a man, we don't just shoot him. We put him on trial. Why do we put him on trial? Because he's different than an animal. He deserves his day in court. Even an evil man, we treat with respect. Why? Because he's made in the image of God. Others have said we have the fragments of divinity in our soul. People say when we have creativity, in some small way we try to reflect the mind of God. And it's no wonder God is the creator. And so when we try to create, we in some ways become like God. And the danger of creativity is that it always inspires worship. So we really have to be careful with our art, don't we? God said, don't make a graven image. And what's a graven image? That's just a good statue. And then we turn around and we don't understand when we look and we see a rock star stand on stage and people will throw their underwear at this guy. And we don't understand that they're worshiping him. Why? Because he's creative. He's making art. And they will falsely attribute his creativity to him and worship him instead of the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. But when we look at man, we should marvel. But you know, when you look at a painting, you don't marvel and think about all the pastels that went into it. You think about the painter. When you look at man, you should think, what a God that he can make all of this. But even more, we should be honored that God when he chose to come into the world, how did he come? He came as a man. And so we can say that God wants everything of subjection under man. Because Jesus is a man. But he's also fully God. And that's an honor to us. That's an honor to us as being human beings. 
that Jesus became one of us. He didn't become an angel. He became one of us. So we can never look past that honor. And so we should always treat our fellow man with respect. So what is man? Man is God's creation, but created in his own image, separate and different from any other form of creation, made to be like him, eternal, but with a starting point. Unlike God who started in eternity past, man starts at some point that point being conception. But after man starts, he never truly goes away. We all have to spend eternity somewhere. That's man. Everybody? Uh, what I want to pray about tonight is let's pray about the joint service this weekend. Um, let's pray that the word goes out mightily that we have some good time of fellowship with the other Grace Partner Churches and that um, it's just a great time to um, closer with some of the people of God that are part of us but away from us. And then we will do individual prayer requests after that. I'll take two people. Lord, we just come to you and we continue to lift up um, the joint service this weekend. We ask that you just help your word to go out mightily that we can all take things away from it. We can use it to uplift us and continue to educate us in how to um, grow, clo grow closer with your people and grow closer to you. And we ask that you just continue to bless the fellowship that we will be able to have with the other Grace Partners, that you continue to grow us closer together as a church, Lord, and um, continue to just um, share requests. We just got them. We're looking for work. <laughs> <laughs>